Coaches, welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, Daily Sports again. Uh, very, very uh, special guest tonight. We're joined by Ryan Jones. Uh, Fermanagh captain has stepped away from, from Fermanagh this year. Uh, made the plunge into coaching. Ryan, you're very welcome to the show. We've got Mark and, and Daniel back again to, to chat all things National League. I suppose, Ryan, introduction to yourself. You know, how have you, have you found the, the move away from playing this year? It's been a big part of your life, I suppose, over the last decade or more. And, and you're, you've, you've stepped into a wee bit of coaching. Is that right? Uh, it's definitely a change, Stevie. Um, I suppose this time of year is probably any inter-county player's dream because you're playing matches week in, week out. Um, I've been playing with Mana Seniors since 2010, so I suppose it was different. Um, looking on now as a supporter, um, I'm, as you mentioned there, I'm actually in, involved with the league from under 20, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, probably still doesn't quite replace the, the playing, but um, at the moment it's it's really exciting and it's the first, first time I've ever, I suppose, tried the coaching and yeah so far I'm really enjoying it I must say yeah Rand I have to say in any conversations that me and you ever had like you can you can see very clearly and I would have said the same about Daniel actually as a player I don't want to I don't want to humble him here but you would have always thought about the game chatting to you as a player Rand you would always have thought about the game in a very analytical way I would pick that up as a coach you know so you obviously have a deep understanding of the game so obviously the experiences you've had from playing the managers you've played under we chatted about some of them before the likes Peter Canavan etc Kieran Donnelly more recently but you obviously taken a lot of of what you have taken down the years, I suppose, and and transferring that into your coaching, are you? Yeah, well, that that's one thing. I suppose when you have been playing, especially at intercounty level for so long, um, you, you're going to play under loads of different coaches and managers, and naturally enough, every different coaching manager is going to have their their so called strengths and maybe in other ways weaknesses. And as a player, I suppose you're always absorbing and you're taking away maybe wee things that you that you felt were very were very good and. I suppose then once you get into coaching yourself, the other things that you're trying to probably uh, pass across to, to the squad that you're actually coaching. Um, so that's that's where it's at. I suppose I'm involved in under 20 age group. And at that time, a lot of lads are probably playing colleges football as well. And, you know, there's a few lads maybe being called up to the senior squad too. So you're trying to manage all that. They're, they're doing exams there over Christmas. So I think um, any of the best coaches that I've had is probably managers that were probably able to have a good understanding of where their players at and be able to have a good communication where I suppose you're able to play ball both ways, you know, and I feel then players will respect that and they will give you their all in return. Mm. I suppose like we, we have a network of coaches with, with, with daily sports science and obviously, you know, they'd be very, very keen to hear that, particularly when you're so so young in your journey of coaching and wish you all the very best. That Daniel, suppose yourself, you're, you're not obviously not finished playing that long either. I know it's been a, a brief few years now, like, but how did you find those first those first few years, Daniel coaching, like was it obviously was it learned on the job? You know, how did you find it? And you know, what was what was your take on that? Like, yeah, it was definitely learned on the job. It was um my first job was kind of halfway through a championship with with the home club for about eight weeks. And I remember being absolutely zonked after it, you know, and this is this intermediate championship in Carlo. And probably the biggest lesson for me there is you, you kind of have to step back emotionally sometimes from from the coaching and management side because if you're invested in everything, I know you probably would have said something similar after Carlo, like when you invest an awful lot of emotion, sometimes rather than the actual coaching side of things, that can that can drain you and it's only a certain life lifespan with that. But um yeah, you, you you definitely learn as you go. And I think I think Ryan made a good point about sometimes the weaknesses of some managers is what you try and avoid. And I think it's a good point because like a lot of managers have their own way of doing things and you, you find with players especially that new generation as, as we kind of touched on with under 20s you know 
players do or they do take information in different ways like you know, it's, you see that in school as well you think you're you're explaining something very well and the reality is when you do a little feedback lesson they've taken nothing you know so it's um there's a lot of learning on the job definitely but that probably goes for any coach like i'd say yourself a marketer same like you, you've definitely dealt with scenarios that you look back and say i'll do that differently the next time you know it's 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 a constant kind of uh it's not too corny but it's a constant kind of a journey you're on like you know you're always making mistakes and trying not to make them again yeah yeah i suppose staying on that theme too mark like you know from your, your own perspective you know, we don't want to delve into your private life here, like, but you, you obviously have a lot of time spent in coaching. How do you switch off, you know, as a coach? Like, because I know coaches would be interested to hear. Like, I, I probably found myself over the last number of years completely engrossed, particularly last year, probably with Mayo Bridge, for example, where I was working with one of the players closely in school. The, the coaching officer was also the vice principal in school. My close friend Francie's on the phone to me. I just never I found it actually very, very intense where you couldn't switch off, Mark. Like, how do you switch off? You know, uh, probably don't. Well, I, will, I always remember having this conversation with Brian MacGyver. I remember having this conversation with Brian MacGyver six or seven years ago, and I said, Brian, how do you do that for so long? He says, Why? Well, I says, I go home, you know, I can't sleep, everything's in through your head, and they, like, and, he, and I says, like, I've been watching the video, like, say the video analysis, you maybe watch it at 11 or 12 o'clock, I mean, 12 o'clock that night at one o'clock. I says, What are you? I says, Because I can't sleep, and he says, I'm going to give you advice, and I've never ever encourage anybody to do this but he says after every game you need five or six bottles of beer <laughs> and that's you're laughing that's he says, I'm telling yeah. you now, I'm back, you yeah. and I have to look but no people laugh tell me this Ryan tell me this Ryan are you doing much drinking these days <laughs> <laughs> well I was away for three weeks for a traveling so I took my fair yeah. share I thought it was the best bit of advice ever no it's true it's true it's true I don't even I've, I've been there I've been there yeah I, I think uh, sec Stevie, sec second years love video analysis as well. Like sec second year geography, it's a fantastic time for doing video analysis. So far, you know, but you know I think, what? I think there's definitely there's definitely a place for something like that. Like, you know, you mm, think of yeah. even a team there maybe that was went out and played national league game at the weekend, and they maybe lost gnarly, and then they have to go game the following week. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be very hard for players to go to training tonight or go to the gym tonight bouncing. While probably if you went out for a few beers and says had a bit of crack and says right lads we'll park that and we'll fucking start the week off positive. There's a lot to be said for that too, you know. So um, yeah. I do see where McKay was coming from that one, Mark. Well, I'll tell you a good story. I'll be really quick. Bally Bay played cross last two years ago in the Ulster preliminary round in, in athletic ground. Bally Bay beat them on Saturday night, and we're due to play Kilku the fall on Sunday. But in, into the change room, it was Bally Bay's first win ever in Ulster. And in the change room, the place was hyped. They were going mad. And we agreed we are going to do a recovery session at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I had said, boys, everybody out tonight, three or four pints. And Paul Finlay and Drew Whitey got, no, 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 no. We need to be right. We need to be right. We arrived in the Hillgrove. On, I said, that's all right. That's up yourself. But I'm telling you, it's not the worst thing to do. Right in the Hillgrove. On Sunday morning, Paul said, everybody came in, heads up, you swear everybody had 20 pints, and not one of them had any. Paul Finley says, I was lying in bed last night at half two, three o'clock, going, why did we not take him up in that offer? Mm. He says, well, I hate yeah, to, I couldn't sleep, adrenaline. The only I remember, uh, the 2018, Daniel talks about the good year with Carlo, and we beat Louth in the first round of Lancaster. I said, look, lads, last year he's beat Wexford, first win in seven years, bite land in a heap in the street, three o'clock in the morning. Let's carry ourselves in the right manner here. We're playing Kildare in two weeks. We're out, playing Kildare, beat Kildare, and I said, look, you know, let's let's give this a real good rattle, right? No drink the night, blah, blah, blah. 
So uh, I get a video of a three o'clock in the morning leisure and somebody's shoulders in the middle of a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> your shoulders, it's not Saturday night, is it? <laughs> the, chances, the chances are it was my shoulders, actually. They were great, they were great days. But that's something like, Ryan, we, we definitely did harbour that sort of mentality, Daniel. Like, we knew we weren't going to win a Leinster. We knew we weren't going to win an All-Ireland. But we'd made great progress. And we enjoyed the victories, you know, and we enjoyed the wins. And and those are important. It's, I think it's important, you know, and it, it does bring you, a you, level of cohesion. You, you know? might not, you like, and I know for, for a team like Carlo, we might only have five, six, seven championship wins dur- during the course course of a 10 or 15-year career. So, fuck it, like, you know, if you can, yeah. if you can enjoy after a game, there's obviously limits and responsibilities. But there was, I know something to do in rugby a lot. Remember the time we got the couple of beers after the low game, we brought, they brought them into the dressing room. Jesus, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we just stayed back for about an hour maybe and had a, had a beer. Was a, yeah, yeah. Nice that, was, that was a nice moment actually. I remember the Leinster Council just staring at me as I was carrying the case of beer and going like, typical fucking Typical fucking naughty, you know. Look at the Lee Stewart's looking at the disgust boy. Look at the... It was actually a, a craft beer, 56 South from... from it was actually oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but here, lads, look, Close going on to the National League. It was great, great, great to chat there about those things. But going on to the National League, obviously, you know, the talking point of the weekend, I read Kieran McGinney's interview where he talked about Johnny Doyle, Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow, you know, Kildare management team. Don't listen to the outside noise. You know, I've been there. And and, and that's fine, right? Saying that, but lads, there has to be outside noise. Like, like, like what it's no point in asking the question, what is going on in Kildare, Daniel? But like Turlock was doing the RTE radio at the match and he done a, a, an article for them after it. And uh, Turlock, who's, who's actually cycling in Spain as we speak, like, but we, um, I just read the article today and he talked about how naive Kildare were. Um, now I watched bits and pieces of the game, how open they were, how easily Armagh cut them open. Like, like, surely, Daniel, I know it's okay saying don't listen to the outside noise. There has to be major question marks there over the way Kildare are playing at the minute. Like. Yeah, and I, I was listening to the Alliance League Sunday yesterday, and um, Kieran Whelan was saying he was looking for a big emotional reaction from Kildare. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's actually the last thing you'd probably Kildare need. Kildare need a, a structured reaction. You know what I mean? You'd love to see them actually doing something, whatever it was. Like I know when Jack O'Connor went out and set up to defend against Dublin, that that was kind of that was fleeced by the public. You know that they didn't have a go or whatever it was, but. At least it was something. It was a plan. At the moment, it like you could see it in the, the in the in the performance against Armagh. Sometimes there were half the team were pressing kickouts. Sometimes half of them were man to man defending. Sometimes there was long ball going in when it should have been through the hands. Like, and and a lot of that has to come back to coaching ultimately. And look, noise is noise, and that's fine. You're you're always going to have noise from the outside. But if you look at it analytically, I think there have no identity. And look, it's it's not new that we've talked about this before. I mean, it's it's. It's a lot of the similar problems with them, but could you discernibly say what they were trying to do on Sunday? I mean, it was you could you can see no patterns in what they're doing. Like you, you compare them to Armagh, for example, very clearly they'll pack their defence, they'll hit their forty-five, and they will break with serious intensity, and they leave a couple up. I mean, it, it's it's a plan. It's not rocket scientists sign stuff, but it's a plan. And Kildare just don't seem to have it. The players look like they're playing with a. Oh, they don't seem to have any major desire for what they're playing in. And I've found in previous generations that when you, you've been that player where you don't believe in what's happening off the field, you don't believe in what's happening from a coaching perspective. And, and that's what it looks like to me. I, 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 think there's, I think there's a lack of very clear structure in what they're doing. And Ryan, like the first game against Cavan, they were beaten at home. Now I had seen Cavan the previous week 
playing in the McKenna Cup against Down, and I was actually quietly impressed with Calvin. You know, I thought Calvin were moving quite well. Uh, another man who's in his first year of, of managing, Remy Gallagher, that obviously has assembled a very good background team. But you could see that Calvin had a very, very clear plan. They were organising kickouts. You know, they, they had a very, very straightforward way of, of, of defending. And I thought to myself, right, it's not that big a surprise, right? Calvin beating Kildare, it's not that big a surprise. But when they went to Fermanagh the following week, I really thought Fermanagh would struggle against them. Just the athleticism that Kildare have, Ryan, um, you know, the, the, the pace. Yeah. Like this this is a team probably who three, four years ago won an All-Ireland under 21. Like, well, these players just have not come in or haven't pushed on. And what what do you see, Ryan, as as, as the issue in Kildare? Like, what's your views on the outside? Uh, well, I suppose, my, in my opinion, Stephen, they've played <laughs> three Ulster teams in their first three games. Obviously, you've, as you've mentioned there, Calvin, Fermanagh mm-hmm. and Armagh. And I feel Kildare really struggle whenever they're playing against a team that's probably really organised, set up defensively. And let's face it, most Ulster teams are going to be playing like that. Mm-hmm. Kildare sometimes are better when they go out and play a team who's so-called stronger than them and don't show them the same respect. And they just end up going toe-to-toe. And Kildare have loads of players. You think of Daniel Finn and these guys when they're on it. They can go toe-to-toe and they can cause massive teams lots of trouble. Like last year, am I right in saying they did they beat Roscommon in the in the All-Ireland? They did, yeah. Kevin Feely. So that that was only last year. Same managing team, more or less the same players. So I feel Kildare, they're they're a proud football and county and they probably want to play that that way. They just want it to be free-flowing, toe-to-toe, we go at you as much as you go at us, and let's just see who who outscore each other. And the management team is probably trying to put structures in place. Like as you said, yes, they were getting set up against Armagh, but then they were putting no pressure on the ball. Uh, it felt like it wasn't natural to them. So I suppose if you're a management team and you're trying to put all these structures in place, but the players don't really want to play that particular way, then you're you know you're you're not going to be successful. And I feel that's where Kildare has struggled. They are struggling to break down a defensive Ulster setup, and then they don't want to play that way themselves, and then they're just they're ending up just putting in poor performances all around. Yeah, I I just think like I'm looking at here, Mark. I'm just looking at their team here, right? And I'm looking at the likes of of uh, Kevin Feedy, Kevin Flynn, Kevin O'Callaghan, uh, Ben McCormick, Ben McCormick. Daniel, I remember coming into the team a couple of years ago after the under-21, there's big hope, right? Like, Darren Kerwin, a real handful of a footballer. Uh, Paddy Woodgate, another good footballer. Daniel Flynn on the bench. Like, these are good footballers, Mark. Like, real good footballers, like. Yeah, and you probably look, if you look at them, they're, like, athletically, they're conditioned, they're off the charts. I always remember last year, Claire put them in Ennis, and Claire led us, with 15 minutes left, Claire led me eight points, and we still end up. Now, I remember after 45 minutes of that game going, I actually can't believe how poor they were. But then, look, 15 minutes, Daniel Flynn kicked me four points that were just off, like, off the radar. But Ryan made an Anderson point, and that is, look, they struggle against see a well-set structured defence, but they also struggle with that serious, you know, when a team brings a swarm tackle and a massive intensity, they mm. don't, they just don't seem to like it. Plus, it's nearly like, I, when I watched Kildare, even last year a couple of times, it's nearly they want everything has to be perfect score. They nearly want the it must be the perfect score. It must be the perfect pass. And sometimes when everything goes again, them it just as if everybody just downs tools. But look, it probably didn't help their chairman. I know their chairman came out during the week and made a statement about results having me good, and that probably didn't help. Look, it, it's definitely not a happy camp. There's no doubt when their chairman's coming out and doing. I would say it was the last thing, Glenn Ryan. Need it this week, but like they probably needed a performance yesterday, and they got absolutely nothing. 
But like, yeah. if you look at them on paper, brilliant players, like conditioned, athletic, they're big. If you were picking a team, like the Kildare's probably a team you would look at that would be great to go and work with because there's so many good footballers, but also athletic. And then they have like the serious stuff coming through last year. Like they beat down that like, they beat a really strong down under twenty team last year in the semi final. Right. And like right. and the and the one on Iron then two years, but three years before that, they've been the last four years, I think they've been in two finals, won one and lost one. So look and look you look at Nice even last year and there's serious there's just there's just something around. But I do think and look, this is I remember this even last year with Claire. You do I notice that down south they don't like that real intensity. You know, the real high pressure cooker. Like I remember with Claire one they did attacking grid and Hong Kong says like We've never done this before. This was just our boys, and I was going mad at them because I wanted them to really get into each other. And it took me a while. It's just, it's just not something I find down. So teams like doing a big lot. And I know Paddy Talley would have said the same when he was doing in Kerry the first two or three months. Everything has to be perfect. Nearly, they need to play the perfect football. It has to be a perfect open game. But look, he has actually changed that now, Kerry. Yeah. And I suppose, Daniel, you know, uh, like valid point too, Mark. Like from a from a northern perspective, like there does seem to be that wee bit more of a of a structure and organisation, and and maybe a bit of a dogginess around, you know, the style of football. I suppose that's why Ulster show a threshold mm-hmm. they have to. But Daniel, I suppose, like when we think back to it, like maybe the maybe the profile and the stereotypical Kildare player is just nice, if if that's the best way to describe it. Like, is it is it just is it as simple as that, or or or, or what is the like? Do you think, man, some of the managers and some of the coaches that have been there, like they've had good coaches, they've had good managers, you know, who know the game, who understand the game, and nobody seemed to be able to get a tune out of them. Well, like, would you consider McGinney? I know it's a different era. Would have McGinney probably got a fair whack out of them? Like, you know, maybe like, a different, maybe well, a different generation of player, Johnny Doyle, and you know, in these guys, a bit more about them. Maybe you know, yeah, maybe, maybe so. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think Kane Kane O'Neill was probably. I think that's when they were operating at their best. You know, when Kane O'Neill was in charge, and maybe what was that, 2017, 2018, around that period. Yeah. Well, well they were, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, like, when we we played them in twenty eighteen. A Carlo team shouldn't be going out against a Kildare team thinking we can we can take these apart. Like you now, yeah. our, our, our thought was these lads we can get stuck into these lads. I mean that yeah. shouldn't that 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 never came across our mind when we played Monaghan. But then they got the reaction, Daniel Ryan. They got the reaction then at Newbridge or nowhere, you know, yeah. Mayo, yeah. and it was like I was standing watching, going, "Is this the same bunch of players?" Like you know, so there has to be yeah. something there. Like and it, it, like you know, as you talked about, then Mayo suited them because Mayo was man to man. It was intensity. It was you know high yeah. intensity. And I remember at the time, Dorney ringing Tally at the time before we played Kildare, and just rang him, Maliki, Rook, different few other people who had played them, and you know the whole gist of the whole thing was look. Their athleticism, if you press up on them, if you give them the opportunity, they'll cut you open. And we decided to drop off every single kick out that day. And they had no clue, Daniel. Like they actually didn't know what to do. Like, you know, and and we we you know we we more or less flooded the middle, dropped back, sat deep, and they just it was just like taking candy from a baby. And then then it was the article that was penned a couple of weeks ago where they talked about that 2018 game and they actually compared it to the Cavan game. It says this was Carlo 2018 circa all over. Cavan sat deep, just replaced Paul Broderick with Paddy Lynch. He says that was the only difference in the game. You know, the Cavan free, just time after time, Cavan turned them over, broke down the field, score or foul, score or foul, score or foul. You, you, you think know? that's a coaching deficiency? Like, I mean, if it's very, like we've outlined a couple of patterns that they, they do struggle against those teams. Like, surely, and I think this is probably where a lot of people in Kildare are getting the, the angst from, is like, this is what, Glenn Ryan's third, fourth year, fourth. I think? 
Like if there is a repeated yeah. pattern of them struggling against these teams, surely that must be every night in training. You are working against an overload defense. You're working against 14, 15 defenders inside the 45, repeating the pattern, repeating it over and over again. It doesn't look like there's any development. We talked in the last pod about Kildare look actually worse than they looked last summer. What has happened in the preseason? Like what happened in the last two weeks to prepare for what RML were clearly going to bring, which was a packed defense? And I think that would be, as a player, that's what would annoy me most. Again, I'm only this is only guessing, but it just doesn't look like there's any clear identity of, you know, how do we break down the the one thing Ryan and Mark have both said, an, an organized packed defense. Like I mean, there, there's. Well, this, it's been it's been an issue for a number of years. Like even one example I would have had, 2018, after we lost the Ulster final, we drew Kildare in the in the qualifier, played them in Navan, and we just as a free hit, we just went out and tried to I suppose go for it, and they ended up blitzing us. The following year in 2019, second league game in Division Two, right. Rory Gallagher was the manager, and we just said, we're just going to make this complete war. And that's four years, four or five years ago. So nothing really has changed is what I'm trying to say. They still yeah. struggle against a team that will bring a real doggedness and a real defensive shape that they have to go and try and break down. If you're playing against Kildare, the one thing you're telling your players, make, you've meant is make it a complete dogfight, make it a battle, make every ball a battle, make it a dogfight. And they don't, they don't react well to that. That's just, uh, they haven't done in a long time. Lads, it's a massive, massive game this weekend. Massive game in uh, Park Talson. They play Meath. And probably if there's one team in that division that they wanted to play this weekend, it was Meath. Like, you know, because uh, obviously they will be coming in with a very similar approach. Now, Meath did have a good win against Louth at the weekend, but I would say the loser of that game at the weekend is, well, if Kildare don't pick up points at the weekend, I think they're in serious difficulty. I think they're gone. You know, they're they're gone. Like, and it is it is another. But another mystery in that division, Ryan, and the, the travel to, to Erdany this weekend. Uh, is that, a, is that a, f- a fly move by Fermanagh bringing Cork to Erdany? Is it or her? <laughs> rather than Brewster? Is it what's going on there? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Brewster, remember, it's, it's, uh, the pitch and Brewster at times wouldn't be great. Puddling the goal. There's a puddle yeah. in the goal, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, look, uh, I suppose Erdany has served Fermanagh well, you know, last year, especially yeah. whenever Brewster Park was out of action. Um, probably something similar Man, I might feel look if we can take Cork down to a smaller pitch and yeah. what we talked about maybe with Kildare make it really you know difficult yeah. for them to break us down uh, frustrate them then you know we're, we're going to have a good enough chance and again yeah. Cork have often struggled against that same kind of team yeah. that blanket defence numbers yeah. get around them etc so it'll be interesting to see well they've lost their first three games uh, Ledge you know they've lost their first three games Cork and it's 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 another serious, like it's it's another GA mystery, you know. Cork is just another GA mystery, you know. Yeah, and it, it's a it's it's very similar conversation to Kildare. Probably it, it's it's Cork looked okay at times last year and last summer. You're thinking, well, maybe a bit of progress it's, here. Pete was common in the championship. Pete was yeah. common in the championship. You know, but you're kind of back to there doesn't seem to be any progression on from where they were then. You know, so look, I I don't know. I, we talked kind of off air about like the flow of league and how hard it is sometimes to turn the tide. If you've had a couple of losses, like it is really tough. Like the game, the game on games are great when you're winning and when you're competitive, but when you've had three losses in a row, you just love a little respite just to kind of settle, settle things down and figure a few bits out. But, um, I, I would say Cork and Clare are in serious butter and, and it's, I, I know Kevin Walsh is down there. I'd say he's meeting an awful lot of, um, opposition. 
Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. And and like Cork's obviously a big hurling county as well, which would be quite the opposite of what Kevin Walsh might be trying to, to to put in place. So I'd say the footballers are always in a battle for entertainment in Cork. You know, and there's I know West Cork is probably where most of the football is, but it's um yeah, there, there's 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 similar issues to Kildare and and for a county the size and I know it's cliche and you know, all the rest of it, the amount of clubs, <laughs> it's part really underperforming. You know, so. I like any team that's lost three games up to this point is going to find it very, very tough. Big trouble. Know? Yeah, big trouble. Like Dorney, Castle Haven, St. Finbars, all Ireland semi finals this last couple of years. You know, Nemo Rangers. Obviously, I know Nemo are not the team of old, but like some seriously, seriously, seriously strong football and clubs in Cork. Like, you know, yeah, I remember, I remember going to Port Leash watching St. Finbars again, Kilcoo, and like, right, they yeah. put Kilcoo to another color. Went like, they time, actually, yeah. re- and but the court remain court's Kildare only wearing a red jersey. Hmm. That's like, and I remember last year Claire actually played them in a league game. He played them in the league, but also played them in the championship. And I remember most the championship mark. Yes, remember saying the Colin Collins on the Tuesday night before he played them in the league. I says, "What game do you want to win more?" He says, "I want to win both." I says, "We're not winning both." I says, "Pick what game do you want?" He says, "Well, look, we need it." I haven't been to a monster final, but he says, "I want to win both." I says, "We're not." So we just out and played them in an open game of football in the league, and they destroyed us. In the championship, we sat up a low block defence, structured, narrow, and we made sure Steve, we, we man-marked Matty Taylor, we man-marked Sean Powder, and Brian Hurley and Stephen Sherlock didn't come out of the arch, so they couldn't actually get the ball in. Yeah. And we had just pulled a, like a low block, and I'm not joking yet, and I remember Paddy Talley, I hate to right, Paddy was telling me about Kevin Walsh this and this, and like, I hate but they did no clue. Mm. They actually had no clue to break, and like, the left Brian Hurley and the left Stephen Sherlock inside, right top of the D inside there, and they couldn't get ball in. Plus, and Sean Powder was man mark, was in the league, we let him go, and Matty Taylor, and they really, really struggled. And like Ian Maguire, they'd done the box kick out the whole game. That's and right. Yeah. We, on the, on the league, they destroyed us in the box kick out, but we did, but three com championship would just, I was never, I remember on the Thursday before we had them in the league or in the championship, Colin Con said to me, he says, I, I hope you're right here. I says, you'll see. Now, uh, riding up the road, probably going, oh, Jesus, this could go pear-shaped. But look, they just really struggled. Again, that real structure plus a diagonist. And they just, Colton remind me of Kildare, like only red and white jersey, completely the same. <laughs> do you th- do Athletic you think- players, everything, but just yeah. that dogginess. Do you think, Ryan, there's a cultural element too? Like Daniel talked about opposition, you know, they've been into a county. Like if you go into a county, like, so for example... Um, like I, I've seen it before in the past, right? The coaches go into their county, they're they're brought in maybe to try and organize, bring a bit more defensive structure. But the culture within that county is not to play, you know, this so-called labeled defensive. Like Mickey Hart used to say, like, there's nothing wrong with being organized defensively, but it gets labeled defensive football, defensive football. Whereas if you go home to Fermanagh, Ryan, tomorrow, and a new coach comes in and they're trying to install a, a different a, a more structure that's gonna make you competitive, it's gonna make you compete, like. You're going to be delighted as a player, like, you know, and I, and I think maybe it's a cultural thing. Do you think it's a cultural thing, Ryan, with some of these counties? Like, yeah, well, possibly, Stephen. This was one observation as well. If you look at the last three of Ireland under 20, under 21 winners, it's been uh, Kildare, Tyrone, Offaly, and Sligo have been in the final as well. Yeah, like Cork have also been very competitive in Munster, like they've yeah. been the dominant force. You know, Kerry have never really came out of Munster. And Ryan, is that sorry for putting across there, but it's that because under 20 football is more honest and more open. Is that what it is? Maybe you see, you know, yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is, but also a lot of these lads have tasted success 
right and then all of a sudden that they're they're transferring up to senior level and they're saying well no you know we didn't play this way with our under 20s we won the all ireland or you know we got to an all ireland final like awfully haven't really kicked on at senior grade since they've won that all ireland kildare won it last year you know Tyrone. a lot of them lads now are coming through but they're still like a lot of Tyrone people would feel that they're not at the level they should be at uh, it probably is. So, Stephen, your question was: Would some of them counties lock it down and say, "No, we 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 don't want to play this way as as players. This isn't how we play." Yes, and then I suppose if you haven't tasted success as a county, you're probably willing to listen to what a new coach is going to try and bring to the table. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of them counties, what I'm trying to say is, younger lads that have maybe now progressed on the senior squad, they have all tasted, whether it be provincial or all Ireland under twenty under twenty one success, and they're going to be saying, "No, we're going to play the way we've been." You know, brought up to play as, as a Kildare person or a Cork person, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I totally understand you. Totally understand you. I suppose staying in, on Division Two, man. Uh, the, the game of the weekend this weekend, probably in in, in most of the divisions, is Armagh Donegal. Uh, there'll be no love lost here. I don't. I don't think there's been any love lost between the two counties over the last number of years. But two counties that have started the season off, Daniel, very very well. Donegal, a very impressive victory over Fermanagh at the weekend. Um, Armagh again a very impressive victory over Kildare they're both coming in with three wins from three the game is in the athletic grounds will that give Armagh an edge ledge? Um, yeah it probably will like, I, I, I don't think for the league's sake I don't think either team need to win it per se what I think in the bigger context we kind of talked about this the last day in the bigger context of the McGinney McGuinness thing if Donegal turned over Armagh in Armagh I think that's a huge psychological blow going forward like as you said, McGinney's well down the road with this team. Um, McGinney's starting with a pretty much a new team that have been kind of not going hectically for the last couple of years. Like that would be a serious blow to Gary McGinney, I think, if if Donegal turned him over. So I I don't think necessarily for for league points this is over is a huge thing, but there will be serious spice, I'd imagine, for setting down some some markers for later on in the year. Like you know, I I'd, I'd say Jim McGinnis would is craving this, like, and and I know the last day. Donegal were very, very defensive for staff and they kind of mirrored themselves and from Anna mirrored each other a bit. And in fairness, Armagh were, were quite defensive for a lot of the game, but Kildare just kept giving the ball back. So they've probably got on the, on the front foot an awful lot. I'd say you could see a fairly ugly game, to be honest with you. I'd say both teams will copy each other. Um, you'll see you'll see a fair bit of contact, I imagine, but it's going to be an absolute cracker. Like, and, and the athletic grounds all lend itself to a, to a really good atmosphere as well. But big one. The athletic grounds doesn't as as well. If you look at the statistics in the athletic grounds, they're not overly high scoring games in the athletic grounds when they're played there. You know they're normally, and maybe that is the the, the tightness of the ground. Ryan, is it a game you'd, you'd venture to? I know you're a great man for 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 popping up at games up and down the country. Would it be a game you would whet your appetite Saturday? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I know a lot of people would say that the two teams are going to get promoted anyway. Um, but I feel Jim McGuinness obviously back in his first year, he'd want to really test. A lot of these Donegal players and see where they're at when they're when yeah. they're coming up against a you know a quality team in Armagh, um. So I think he'll be going all out to win it. There's always a massive crowd in the Athletic Grounds, so Armagh people, you know, will be fully expecting Armagh to deliver a big performance. Without sounding too harsh, I suppose a lot of people would feel Armagh don't win enough big games, you know, and I've no doubt that McGinney will see this as a big game that he'll not want. You know, McGinnis coming in again. You know, I suppose getting one over on him because there's. The two teams could probably meet each other down the line again, so I'd be expecting it to be a cracker, and I think it's a big test for both teams to see where they're at. Yeah, Mark, it's actually Sunday, not Saturday. Uh, yeah. Donegal under McGuinness, obviously they were 
the whole big thing was the pressing against Cork, but I think the weather conditions had a lot more to do with that, you know, than, than anything else. They were playing with a gale force wind at their backs and they went with a manic press in the first half. I have seen elements of McGuinness maybe introducing a bit more directness to their play, Mark, rather than possession-based football. It is seemed to be a bit more fluid, a bit more fast, a bit more direct. You know, Armagh obviously will be well organised. They brought in Conleth Gilligan as well this year. So, from a coaching perspective, like they've got Gilligan, they've got Donaghy, they've got Keir McKeever, they've got McGinney. Serious, serious management team there, Mark. Like, like, is this Armagh's time? They've a great chance in the Ulster Championship as well. They're a really good side of the draw. So, is it a great opportunity for for McGinney to break his duck with this group? Is it? Yeah. Look, well, you're looking probably last year. I know. I think we talked about this last year in the Ulster final. Like, I think they went a point in front. Well, about a minute that left when they dropped off the kick out and you're sitting squealing even though it wouldn't be Armagh's biggest fan but I remember sitting in the loners going what are you doing this minute left you're giving Derry the ball and there's yeah. no team better there's no team to better the building the score than Derry like, and I just think that was probably a big kick in the teeth in last year where they had to went and pressed it they might have won the ball and Derry never would have got the free shot but look it probably is he is I think Ryan referred they probably don't win enough big games last year was a big big blow for them Look, I do think two teams will end up playing each other in the league final anyway, regardless. You talked about Jimmy that day, the high press, and that, like there's not a snowball chance Jim McGinnis is going to do a high press and sell the party again. Derry, not a mission. Yeah. Because Derry will absolutely destroy him. Everybody's getting carried away. This is the Jim's new, this is Jim's new way, but you're, there's not a hope. He's maybe trying stuff out in the league or maybe trying to fool people, but there's not a snowball chance he's going into Celtic Park. In eight weeks' time, was high press because it's high press. Well, see, that's a right. Sorry, sorry for cutting across you, Mark. That's an interesting one for me because I think McGuinness came in this year and this was his new idea high press and kick out, high press mm-hmm. up the pitch. Turn the oh, ball he pressed over the kick out. I think possible. he pressed the kick out. But I think, I think now he's starting to maybe figure out, Jesus, I'm not too sure if I can actually play this way, as you said, against Derry. So is he going to change it mid, mid-league? Like in the first half against Romana, they completely dropped off. And allowed Fermanagh to, to dictate the ball and Fermanagh stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he says, Well, hold on, we need to go out and win this bloody game. So they press Fermanagh. But against Derry, like it'll be really interesting to see what he's going to do in the championship. So there was a bit of a there's a bit of a sort of a flick of the switch then, Ryan. Was there against Fermanagh where they, they... I, well I, I think McGuinness I think McGuinness came in this year and his whole idea was we're gonna change the way Donegal play, we're gonna play really high pressing on kickouts yeah. and in general play, we're gonna squeeze the pitch like the way they do. You know, McBrady and these boys there were great as went up massively. Yeah. And then now he's watching, he's what he's seen Derry now a couple of times. Obviously, he played them in the Kenna Cup final. And Derry, there's no better team than one on one. If you press them high and leave gaps, they have the players and the tools just to beat you. So yeah. I'm wondering now, is McGuinness starting to think, well, hold on a wee second here. I maybe need to take a step back from what I'm thinking and maybe go back to, you know, maybe the older, older style of Donegal. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Do you, do you see anything different, Lace? No, I was just about to say there, there's probably a, a case to be made that there's occasions that that any team will have to will have to go and chase the ball high up the field. You know, ten minutes down, you can't just spend your low block if you need the ball and you're two points back. So there probably is some merit, especially in the league, giving these things giving these things a go for for a half, see how they work. But you definitely, as you said, you're not going to you're not going to go and high press a, a dairy team like that's for sure. But I I think you need the capacity to have a bit of both and. If, if, as I said, if you're two points down, you need a ball back. There's no point. You you need to have some practice done at these things, like because it's very easy to say just push up, but it has to be coached. No more than censorship has to be coached. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's and it's it's probably more difficult to, to operate in Gaelic than it is. Obviously, a lot more difficult in Gaelic than soccer. One wee pop pass, 
one wee break, break in the chain and, and you're out. You know, it's much easier to press, obviously, in, in the game of soccer. Got in Division 1, lads, we talked about coaching. There's probably no better team uh, over the last number of years than, than Derry from a coaching perspective. Uh, Ryan, you've played against them as recently as last year, I think, wasn't it, in the championship? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I suppose from... from uh, the big, the big thing about the podcast, you know, it's it's not like sort of other podcasts where we're looking to create sensational comments. A lot of our coaches here are interested in the coaching aspect of it. Like from a coaching perspective, Ryan, like what was so impressive about them? Well, the thing about Derry is every time they attack, you're faced with 15 players because obviously Lynch Lynch joins it. So it's very hard to find a plus one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's what it is. The other thing about it is that they're very good at creating space for each other. And for me, Derry's players have unbelievable pace and the great ball control. Like normally when you're playing against certain teams, you'll say, let him have it, let him have it. He'll not shoot. He'll just lay the ball off. But now you're looking at the, at the weekend. McCluskey comes forward, scores a goal, and he looks so comfortable doing it. McGrogan from half-back, Doherty from half-back, McKellis from half-back. You know, so Chrissy McKaig, a couple of years ago, was, you know, when you think back, playing for Slot Neal, Mark and Jeremy Connolly puts him in the back foot and scores from all three. He's probably the one player now in the Derry team who you're saying, maybe let him have the ball. You know, so that's the thing about Derry is that they're very hard to mark. If you're, um, I suppose, a team that feel like you want to get into a defensive setup, they just say, right, we're going to squeeze everybody out. So you're not going to find a plus one. And then they're very good at just creating the one on ones. And Ethan Doherty and these boys, they get any kind of snippet of space at all. They can beat you. And then their angles of runnings and they, they just make it look that I read. They only had three wides against Monaghan at the weekend. And uh, they racked up what three right down there earlier. Three seventeen. Three seventeen. They had eight different scorers. And usually you're you're thinking of McGuigan, you're thinking of maybe Paul Cassidy. Obviously McGuigan still scores heavily, but it's their threats coming from deep too. So yeah. that was the one thing that I found about them and their pace all over the pitch for me was frightening. And yes. I, I think they're gonna have a serious say in the All Ireland, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting, Ryan, because the weekend there, Mark Podrick Joyce was interviewed on Sunday after the throne game. He had stayed down on Saturday night before the game. Seen him, he was at the Derry game. Yeah, I seen went, him. Went to Celtic Park. You were at the game, Mark, yourself. Um, from a Derry perspective, Mark, listening to Joyce was very interesting. Where he, he talked about the athleticism of Derry. He couldn't believe the conditioning levels. You and Mahalan also made his debut at the weekend. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the eight, David, making it hard to be fair to Mickey Hardy, he gave you a debut. And that, that, that's, that's, that's what it's about, about to come to. I think what Mickey has certainly done is he's, he's got the squad a wee bit deeper. He's got them a wee bit, it's got a, it's got a wee bit of a deeper squad than maybe previous years. Yeah, because that would have been one of the criticism. Now, Rory Gallard done a brilliant job, but it probably was one of the criticism would have been labeled, leveled at Rory was maybe that there were 17, 18 players once they went down to that. They're lost now, to be fair, Mickey Hart, like the found you know, Mahomes. I'm a Bradley, of course, not his debut, but back. Baker, a cornerback from stage from stage town, Cormac Murphy, like they're just even Ryan Scullion and goals. Like you wouldn't have knew Orn Lynch was missed another day. Ryan Scullion just comes in and plays the exact same way, but it was it was their running power that like it was frightening. The power, their running power, they are doing. Like to be fair, Monaghan, Monaghan were well set up at times, and I'm, it's just Ryan mentioned it. It's so hard to defend fifteen again fourteen. Like it's just because one they all they're doing is. They're looking one v ones, and they back every one of their players are one v ones. But it's their angle of runs, it's their cutting, every pass. I think if you're, I think it was Porrie McGoldrick's goal. Like if you watch it from ten seconds from their twenty one to the far twenty one balls and that, but it's the man that's coming off the shoulder. It'd be eight and nine hard run, and it's just impossible to defend again. And I know, like 
every one of them so good in the ball. And funny enough, Ryan mentioned Chrissy. I actually talked to Chrissy today. I me and Chrissy used to fall out with this during the year with Slot Neil, where I wonder Chrissy that when we turned the ball over the goal, but Chrissy just had this thing in his head. I need to man the ship. The other night, Conor McCluskey's first goal, Conor McCluskey's goal, Chrissy McKay's in the far in the six yard box with him. Their third goal, Chrissy McKay's in their six yard box with him. And I says, How come you're doing this now? When you're, you know, and he just said, Ah, look, the heart is just, this is what they're, the minute they turn the ball over, it's just lightning. Like, and like Connor Doherty, these boys, like, the, but also they have a serious platform in midfield with Rogers and Glass. Like, it does give them serious physicality around the middle it's of the best, It's the best midfield, it's the best midfield in the country, no? Yeah, I would agree yeah. with you, yeah. I would, yeah. But it's just, like, I was watching Stanley Park the other day, they're the one team you love going to watch because. They just when they have the ball, they go like it's yeah. every pass. If, if every pass or four pass, I would say if you, I'm trying to think. Very rarely inside their forty five or inside the fifty that they go lateral or backwards. Everything was a four pass. Men getting ahead of the ball. Men coming off the shoot. And the interesting thing was nobody has ever taken the ball standing still. Like they're always somebody. It's never a flat pass where somebody stands. They're yeah. always coming in. They're like they're driving hard into the danger zone. Then the like Connor Doherty, Chrissy, Pory McGoldrick, Baker, and then the likes of Shane McGuigan and Paul. Yeah, these boys are coming around. They're looking. It's just a wee slip, and it's just like you're sitting looking at it, going, "It's so easy done. Looks so easy, but it's not." But it, their athletics is something funny enough. Pory Joyce, I just I had seen him just at half time. He's sitting about six or seven seats, and he was sitting with an arm on. But they were, I would say they were just sitting. Oh, that's Derry's going to be like if they learn. If the alarm was on the next four weeks, Derry, there's only one winner. The only thing I would have is it's still very early and they're still going very well. I know they went last year, started off at a steam train and went the whole year. And that's that would be the only wee worry I would have them. Now, I think they're the best team in Ulster by a mile. But yes, if the alarm was in four weeks, they're the team to beat. But it's not in four weeks. But look, they are going to have a big say in plus Mickey Hart, Mickey Hart, and to be fair, the horse, their squad's a lot stronger now. And like Derry, they can certainly park on Saturday evening. Derry, it was packed for a league game yeah. again, Mullah. And Derry's a one, they're a bit like it's just bad. It's a county that's just on well, the it's, up. A, it's a county, it's a county definitely, Mark, that, that's uh, that's that's thriving. Ryan, you were going to say something there just about from midfield perspective. Well, the one, the one thing I would notice about them as well is if, they, if it is a slow attack, they just wait till they get the mismatch. You know, because they yeah. have so much pace across the pitch, and as I said, there a lot of these lads aren't just very fast; they're very skillful, great ball yeah. control. They will just keep moving that ball if it's slowed down, keep moving it to find the mismatch, and then eventually they get in. The other thing, okay, Mark, you talked about playing narrow against Cork, and you know, uh, a low block. For me, like a lot of teams are str- struggling then to penetrate from wings. Derry are unbelievable at penetrating from wings. You know, you've Ethan Doherty sitting on one wing and you've Paul Cassie sitting on the other. And the yeah. way them boys as individuals can generate scores for themselves, whether it be with, with their runs or with their, you know, like slipping one way, the, the angle that they take the ball on, I feel Derry are excellent at coming off wings. Well, you, you mentioned that Derry's warm-up, and it's the same warm-up they've done last year. 50% of their warm-up, it's 3v3s coming from the wing. That's for warm up. They set these grids up three v three from the wing, both sides, and it just you mentioned that's for warm up. Like yeah, it just that goes just, back to the point that Dan made there. Like it's all it's all down to coaching. You know, obviously that's something that they're working on all the time on the training ground. So when they bring it to a game, it's not you know it's not um, something that they haven't did before. They're used to it. 
Yeah, that, legend. That's, that's ultimately yeah, yeah. it, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, we're not talking about any sort of amazing things here. Like, these are just really yeah. simple things that are repetitiously done over and over again, and players that are obviously open to being coached. Like, so when we talk about issues in Kildare, yeah. issues in a lot of Leinster counties, it's because coaching. Ultimately, ultimately, and giving giving the players. Um, a menu that they actually really sell it to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I go, I go back to Donegal again. That Donegal team were really poor for the last number of years. And all of a sudden, now, just because it's a different voice, yeah. they're very clear plan. I mean, that's coaching, ultimately. Same players. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like, and I suppose, Mark, or uh, Daniel, sorry, Shane McGuigan at the weekend actually had a had an interesting comment where he talked about um, Mickey Hart, Ryan, you know, he's, he's, Mickey's a, a real competitor. He's a winner, you know, and, and that's something that obviously, you know, when Mickey came in at the start, he wanted to win the Mechanic Cup. He wants to win the National League. You know, he, he wants to win everything like, and, and he, he's, he's obviously installed a great level of, of belief in the group. Now, I know there was a big sort of hooray at the start of Tyrone man taking Derry because the hatred between Tyrone and Derry is, is savage. Like, but, like I think players are 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 smart enough, Ryan, to see through that, aren't they? Really, like you know, players don't care. You know, no. at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, Fermanagh and Tyrone aren't best of friends. But you know, Peter Cameron came back and talked to Fermanagh, and you know, he's if he's a brilliant manager, a brilliant coach, you're going to be loving it. And um, as a Derry player, I no doubt should they they probably tried to to get him there in the first place. Um, yeah. And of course, they they have ambitions of winning all Ireland. You know, a lot of them have spoke about. That they're very happy with Hart's appointment because he has obviously history of winning three All Irelands. But as you said, Stephen, he wants to win every game, and he was exact same when he was with Tyrone. You, anytime you played Tyrone in the kind of cup game, they were full. They were full out to make sure they won it. So it's whether, as Mark said, whether they can maintain this, you know, going going through the All Ireland series. But at the moment, they look, you know, they look like they're flying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Going and staying in Division One, lads, I suppose, just one other wee thing. Like Kerry for me on Saturday night, like I, I wasn't jumping with, with joy about Kerry, but I actually said to someone today, uh, Ledge, and maybe start with you in this. Like I actually said to a man today, actually, it was actually a Mayo man, end of Arley, actually was on to me today for chatting about something. I was, was just talking about Mayo and talking about Kerry. I actually think without Clifford, without both Cliffords, I think Kerry are bang ordinary. Like, I really do. Like, and I know that sounds a bit mad, like, but I just think that he is the difference between them struggling and them being contenders. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and and it, but it's probably to be fair, it's probably the same with Dublin. Like Dublin lose Con or lose Fenton, they're not contenders either. You know, if Derry lose Shane McGuigan, maybe not. Like these are high quality players we're talking about. Like they're they're no ordinary footballers. But um, yeah, I, I was watching I was watching the game on 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 Saturday, and I was thinking, right, Mayo are playing against a really strong Gale against probably one of the best full forward lines with let's say Sean O'Shea and Clifford. I was like, what's the last thing they'll probably do? I said to myself, well, it won't be kind of a middle third, half sort of a press and leave Clifford one-on-one in 45 metres of space. And what did they do for the whole first half? Practically went man-to-man for the whole thing. Like, it was it was the most Mayo thing of all time. And they were so lucky not to be blown out of the water in the first half. Like, if, if Kerry had their shooting boots on, they could have been game over by half time. But it was, um, yeah, it's, it's very Mayo. But... Like as regards as regards Kerry, yeah, I th- I think so. I I not ordinary, but he's their X factor. Like and and I I think any of these top four or five teams, they lose one of their one of their star players, and it it, it tends to be the forwards because, like as we know, corner forward scores are king. Like you know, I mean, we can you can replace a hard working midfielder or a half back, but like different story trying to replace your man who's going to get you seven eight nine points a game and. 
the really good teams might have two of them, you know. But um, yeah, look, I I I thought Kerry I thought Kerry looked a little bit better. They should have won by more, but ultimately, without Clifford's scores, you know, their 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 execution wasn't hectic. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Kerry be too worried, Mark. I know you're very friendly with Paddy. I don't think they'd be too worried this time of the year how they're going. No, but you are right. Look, they're nowhere near the same team. You take David Clifford out of them, even Paddy Clifford, they're nowhere near the same animal. But funny enough, with the conversation with Paddy a few weeks ago about this, and look, he's bit about the thing about Jerry. It's again, it's winning every game, but he says you're judging the iron. He says we'll yeah. be, Jerry will be judged. If Kerry don't win the iron, Jack O'Connor's tenure it will be even though he won an iron his first year. It'll be only one I learned in three years. It will be known as a failure, and that was Paddy's words. You know that. That's, that's so that just shows you the yeah. what they're thinking down there. Yeah, yeah. The guys looking there, and I think out of the sixteen points that Kerry got at the weekend, thirteen were between the two Cliffords and Sean O'Shea. Now, obviously, they hit freeze, but yeah, if one of them boys get injured between now and the All Ireland or aren't available for a big game, I'm not too sure Kerry win it. Paddy, probably three man right, isn't he? Paddy's a critical Yeah, he's a like man, but he, he, yeah. he, chipped, he chipped in at three or four but, points yeah, there the other day as well. I think it was five um, points, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think they're more reliant on three players, more so than the likes of Derry. I think Derry are saying, yeah. okay, McGuigan's obviously the X factor up front, but we can get scores from all over the pitch. Correct. Yeah, correct. I, I suppose, Ryan, Dublin, Con moved to the middle of the field. It's an interesting uh, positional switch. You'd fancied your chances against him, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I might have slipped him off the midfielder, I think. Free me up. Is it different? Uh, for them? Just, you know, I don't are just probably cruising, they're probably just trying things out. Um, you know, and they'll, they'll make sure they get enough points to stay in Division One. Yeah, they're probably not even going to be that concerned, even if they do get relegated to Division Two, but I think they'll be fine. Um, you'll probably not know where Dublin's at till you know another five, five weeks, six weeks. Yeah. I suppose on the Dublin game ledge, Davy Burke, 65 training sessions, hasn't had his full squad for one. Because uh, I remember I remember my time in Roscommon, the COVID year, we only nine training sessions. With the COVID police were in full flow, but 65 training sessions, like it's mad, isn't it? Like, I was actually, I was talking to our goalkeeper in school today and he, I was, we were chatting about it. Like, we're wondering, like, 65 sessions, I assume that's your gym sessions as well. Like, I mean, I, I know. Like your your context is probably important. So most teams are probably training three nights a week on the field, two in the gym since November, give or take. I'd say. So yeah. like it's probably not outrageous, but I I think what's what's more outrageous is probably the comment about not having your players. Like I mean, look at any teams, any team so far has any of the Division One squads had their full whack yet? Like, no. I mean, how many players Dublin missed? How many players are 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 maybe Derry probably are getting close to it? But there's there's most most teams don't have their full teams full team this time of year and. Ultimately, it's a fantastic opportunity to to blood new players into Division One. Like, I mean, it's 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 a really good opportunity. I don't know whether he's talking about Sigerson players or whether he's on about the the lads that were in the All Ireland final, the club final. I'm not sure, but it's just a bit of an unusual comment to make post game. Yeah. But, the one thing that caught me in that comment then did he go on to say the better be in tomorrow morning? Better be in tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, right morning. Tomorrow morning yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that probably goes back to the the point that I made at the start. You know, there were scum lads are up to man a game up in, up in Crow Park. Probably their first time where they've been able to get the whole squad together, you know, the, the Bridget boys and that coming in as well. Yeah. Would they have been better off organising some boys Saturday night game? We'll go for a few beers in Dublin, win or lose. And, you know, they would have been disappointed with the result. Have a few beers, get back to training maybe on Monday or Tuesday night and then at least they come in bouncing for the Monaghan game, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Instead yeah. of going back down the road, going to train on a Sunday morning and saying, you know, let's face it. Imagine the mood. Imagine the mood it's yeah. on Sunday morning, you know. That's that's my that's my thoughts on it anyway yeah. as a player. Yeah. That's that's, even, a, that's a thin line, Mark. That's a thin line as a manager, like to come out with that, like you know, it's a thin line. Yeah, I couldn't I understand that I didn't understand the Sunday morning thing. Now to be fair, after a nice Sunday game on a Saturday night, that was it nearly sounded like a wee bit like a man under pressure, even though he's probably under yeah. no pressure. But that's yeah. just what I took from it. It's like a man under pressure. But look, we're talking about our man, Donegal. Like, you're looking at a pressure game. Monaghan are scumming this Sunday. is like, it's high stakes pressure because the loser's gone. And like, we've always talked about Monaghan never write them off and never do that. You never would. But like, that's a high pressure game this Sunday. There's two men probably. And look, Vinny Corey's done a great job last year, but Monaghan. Scumming. If you're looking at a game this Sunday where it's everything at stake, that's your game. Probably Dr. Hyde Park is, is you know, it's, it's probably a it gives Roscommon a slight advantage this weekend, Lidge. Would you? Yeah. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I was just, you're thinking about the comments and about the, the whole thing. What would, what is it, as a player, what would you think? Like, what frame of mind would you be in if your manager saying that publicly? Whatever about saying it to you in front of a group, I don't know. It's a bit, yeah. quite a very unusual sort of thing. Maybe it's a bit old school, a bit of a rallying cry, piss lads off, and hope you get a reaction. Like, but what I, what I'd be kind of wondering, Ross Common, is if they've sixty five sessions done of whatever, how is the best they can come up with against the Dublin team is to drop off every kick out and just go into yeah. the ball and not look organised in any capacity? Like, I mean, surely to Jesus, you have some sort of a plan. Despite who you have or don't have, like you know, I, so. I I thought Saturday Ryan was was death by a thousand cuts for them because you know they dropped off Dublin are not another team who obviously moved the ball with such pace, such efficiency, and and they're probably one of the most unselfish teams in front of the goal in my opinion. You know they're they're really there's there's no real mavericks. You know everyone will always make the better decision. Maybe at times an overkill in front of the goal sometimes maybe you know or maybe a hand pass over the bar when there was maybe a goal opportunity on, but like it was. It, it, as Daniel says, Ryan, it was it wasn't a great way to set up, was it? I didn't actually see the game. I've been honest, I seen the highlights, but yeah, you would have felt what the players that Roscommon have, and let's face it, Dublin weren't full tilt either. You know, so it was a great opportunity, I think, for Roscommon to go and say, let's 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 go go after them. You know, I'm not saying you have to be stupid and go high press and man to man all all the time, but dropping off every kick out and allowing Dublin to dictate the play. I think we're going to have two. They've got two good of players to play like that, you know. And you know, Dara Craig, Marta, Andrew Smith, like all yeah. these boys are excellent footballers. Like, let's go and yeah. take the game to Dublin and and see what we can bring. Yeah, Craig. Craig had a great had a great Sigerson final on Wednesday night. I thought he was outstanding on Wednesday night. Uh, I thought he was he was a uh, uh, UCD's best player. I thought he was brilliant and looks very athletic as well. I suppose lads get into Division Three briefly before we we close the night. Um, Mark, another disappointing result for you is obviously I know you talked at the very start of the, the show when we started, you, you knew it was going to be a tough year, like but wait, you've probably played the two best teams in the league, Mark. Uh yeah, West me even down from like they are, they're gonna both gonna get promoted. Both mm. are by miles. Uh, maybe Claire, Claire mate, fancy and look Claire probably losing to West Mead by a point to last week's so probably give a wee bit of a dent to Claire. Claire probably would fancy themselves. But I had to get over the West Mead game. It just means now Clare have to go to down. But look, look at the two teams that they're both of them going to get promoted. And they are the two best teams in Division 3. And if you think last year, like West Mead come from a kick of a ball, John Hess with a free, 30 seconds left, and they're thrown out. And it would have put West Mead in the core final of Alarm. Now, to be fair, I didn't think West Mead were brilliant. Yes, they didn't need to be brilliant. But look, they've just, they've ruined no tool and they've, 
um, Sam McGrath when had back was at six. They do have like marquee players at that level. And look, them and down, I have no doubt them and down is gonna they're gonna ease the promotion. Yeah, yeah. I suppose as well, Daniel, big win for down at the weekend. Um, I've seen them a couple of times this year. Obviously, Kiermina has brought in uh very, very much uh a pressing, a pressing orientated uh, game with John O'Hara coming out of goals, pressing a lot more kickouts than they did last year. They dropped off probably nearly 80-90% of their kickouts last year. Uh, they also brought a bit of structure in their attack as well. You know, the overload one side and the try and isolate the likes of Kerr or Owen Murdoch and the other side. You know, it's an interesting, it's, it's very interesting. You can see his fingerprints on it, you know, and obviously I felt last year after the Talchon Cup final against Meath, Meath for, for once, as you said, swallowed their pride and ego and sat in deep and down just didn't have any answers once they, they negated the space, you know, for, for Down's goal threat. So obviously I know you probably haven't seen them led this year, but but obviously Cairns made a big impact there, you know, in in in, in down this year. Yeah, well I, I just saw highlights of the Antrim game and, and in fairness, Corrigan Park's an awkward place to go and it looked packed yeah. as well. Like it's it's a tough place to play football, it's narrow and, and it's hard, like it is hard to find space in it. But I thought I thought they moved the ball quite well from the bits I saw. And like it, it does go back to the coaching element again, like Mean has had what maybe four three months max yep. to work with these lads or something, yep. and you can see something discernible. Like I mean, it just it's it's probably a good move in fairness from from Conor Laverty to get someone in to recognise okay this is an area we're deficient. Let's see can we bring someone in and focus on it. You know, so it'll yep. be well yeah I'd say Westmead and Down are, are comfortable enough. The 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 bottom the bottom six is fairly competitive. Like I mean that'll be a bit of a, a scrap I'd say and it'll come down to the last day, but. Yeah, I think Westmead and Down are, are probably ahead of the pack. And and Westmead are probably the one Leinster team that have that little bit of what we talked about earlier. That I, yeah, they do. Right. And they, they, they have no yeah, they've no issues with kind of with, with, with sitting in and kind of doing the dog on it if they have to, like, you know. So it's uh, it's no coincidence coincidence to see them probably being nearly second third best in Leinster, you know. It was probably a much more competitive three last year, Ryan, yourselves and three, Cavan were in three, Westmead were in three, Down were in three, you know, and Probably temporary. Probably you know we're 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 a decent enough side last year as well. Like you know, so um, awfully we're awfully we're there. And yeah. Antrim were obviously yeah. you know taking results. Yeah. They they you know last year as well. Uh, probably you know looking on, it probably was a bit more competitive last year. I would have expected maybe a wee bit more from Antrim. Maybe they were missing uh, a lot of players there yesterday against Down. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but I thought that they would have gave Down a, a, a real good game. Um, yeah. maybe it was a competitive up to maybe 40-45 minutes and then Down seemed to pull away yeah yeah I think I definitely do feel now that, that, that Down have a bit between their teeth this year I think they were mainly disappointed in losing to yourselves last year Ryan obviously in, in early that day uh, I know it was a couple of goalkeeping mistakes Um, you know I think you just got a goal late on is that right won the game uh, we did, yeah. Quigley got one yeah, high ball in. I know, I know that that was a, de- a devastating blow. Obviously, not getting promoted, so the promotion was a big goal. Division four legs, the big derby at the weekend. Carlo and Leash uh, went the way of Leash there. Carlo five nil up, disappointed five nil up, and then just comp- capitulated. Um, yeah, I think I think one Leash once Leash got kind of a stranglehold and kickouts and stuff like that. They we couldn't kind of get out of our half, and it's um, like we were chatting earlier on about mentality and and you know when when the chips are down like how can you a team that has no tradition of winning or no tradition of, of success how how can you react to that and ultimately once once leash got three four points up it was almost game over you know so it's um yeah the hoodoo continues i saw you tweeting about it there during the week with your fishing rod see what you get but uh the the, the hoodoo continues for he us he wouldn't do that would he 
I know, in fairness, it's very polite to talk to me these days. I never tweeted anything. When was this? <laughs> it must have been, it must have been uh, someone else. But um, no, I, they'll, they'll be disappointed. And, and look, it's, it's probably very important that they realize, just from an external point of view, standing back and looking at it, like, you know, six, six wins five wins and a draw might be probably still gets you up like so I mean it's not yeah. as if you throw the toys out altogether and say oh that's it it's finished like you know yeah, so two, two wins at the start has given them a, a decent platform you know to, to obviously try and you know get product mm-hmm. but I, I was at the game last year with you Daniel in the in the Talson against uh, Antrim and again like no real identity like I couldn't see any sort of real identifiable way of playing you know I thought it was just sort of off the cuff and you know play as you see type thing like and it, it, it won't this, get is, you. this is what we were saying earlier like I mean after after you left probably there was an appetite for we're better than this we're we're, we're more open or we can we can play a bit of ball or whatever and yes absolutely there's been some nice football played but ultimately that that's probably nice football will keep us where we are you'll be you'll be beating your teams that are around you but Will will you be able to make any strides? Probably not. Like, and they've been conceding scores heavily-ish. Like, you know, and and ultimately, ultimately, you can't build a house on sand. Like, so you have to set up and have good kickout strategy, good defensive plan, and then all the the, the extra layers can come afterwards. So, yeah. look, that that but but this depends. I mean, if if the public, if the players don't want to play that way. You just have to accept that you're going to lose some games by a bit, ultimately, you know? Yeah, and Ryan, you were Carrick and Shannon. I think I think people are calling it daylight robbery, was it? <laughs> Wexford, <laughs> Wexford, Wexford were... Was it a, was it a, was it a dubious penalty? I see a clip of it on, on Twitter. Dubious penalty at the end, was it? I look, I think now if you're from a Wexford you know, point of view, you'd be, you'd be saying, Jesus, that was never a penalty. Look, Leitrim... They were probably felt they were lucky enough to get it, but they probably needed a wee bit of luck. You know, they've had yeah. plenty of calls. Maybe you know, when you're playing Division Four, you you got to nearly win every game, and oh, yeah. Leitrim had yeah. been unlucky with a few calls. So uh, it was close. Wexford, Wexford were you know very direct. That's the way they play. They've got lots of you know strong athletic players. Um, but Leitrim, Ryan work was back. He was on fire. He Ryan's a good player. Ryan's a good yeah, player. So he yeah. he's deadly. Obviously, Keith Byrne isn't uh, playing at the moment for Leitrim this year. So Ryan a and Dara Rooney, who's playing club football with Jude's, both of them boys are leading the attack for Leitrim. And right, uh, look, it's all to play for next week now, probably Daniel Down and Carlo. Um, so it's know, three it's wins. It's three wins. It's three wins from three for Leitrim. Three wins from three, but I suppose yeah. then if they lost to Carlo at the weekend, Carlo then would have the head to head on them, you know. So, yeah. Um, as I was saying, to you nearly probably need to win every game. Leash look like they're going to just run away with it, and then it's between yeah. the rest of them. Yeah, and interesting, Mickey Graham. Mickey Graham was an interesting addition to uh to Andy's backroom team. Of course, like Mickey's Jesus, his record is unbelievable when you consider all that he's won, and mm. like uh, so was Mickey be coming from. Cav and Mullignocti would have built, you know, a defensive structure first yeah. and foremost, and then took it from there. So um, he's definitely having a big input as well. And him and Andy, as well off each other. So it'll be interesting down there. So if they could, they started well. If they can keep that going, get a win down, Carlo, that'd be massive. For them. Yeah, it'd be massive. And Mark, just probably finally, um, who have you got this weekend? Go to Clare. Oh Jesus! You'll be you'll get a warm reception down there. But... I don't know whether or not I got a few messages today. Now they're looking they're looking forward to seeing me. That's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> probably, to... It's probably payback time they're sent in. 
I remember my dad. I remember my dad telling me years ago, boy. He says, "There's no set. There's no room for sentiment in sport, boy. So they'll be spitting on you and everything down there, boy." Ah, uh, sure. Like the well, just yes, the boys. <laughs> the boys at you, long <laughs> No, but hey, listen, listen, lads. Brilliant, Ryan. Thanks very much for coming on tonight, boy. Uh, great to have you. Uh, and and I wish you all the best with your 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 coaching adventure with with Leitrim. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll go really really well for you, Mark and Daniel. Again, thanks very much, lads, and really appreciate your time, man. And we'll we'll, we'll hopefully see you again soon, boys. Thank you, lads. Bye, lads. Thank you. Bye, bye. Bye.